Welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast, where liking what you like is never a bad thing. Here's your host and head fangirl in charge, Patty Holiday. Hey y'all, I'm Patty Holiday, your host and head fangirl in charge, and this is the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast. We are talking about the hit show on PBS that I totally missed for years <laughs> because, yeah, it was on PBS, so I didn't watch it. Uh, that, of course, is Downton Abbey. And my guest today is Dalen, who goes by Ducky, which is adorable. I love that. I want the story behind that. She's a 20-something New Yorker who loves guys take three guesses and two of them don't count. Because if she's on my show, you probably know she li- has to like Disney. It's not really a requirement, but it kind of is. <laughs> so she likes Disney, right? Yes, I um, absolutely love it. And, as well as other nerdy, geeky time kind of things. So we're super happy that she's here to fangirl with us today. Uh, hey, Ducky. Hey, girl. What's up? Hey. All right. So tell us a little bit about yourself and where people can find you online. Uh, so my name is uh, Dalen, aka Ducky, as you know, and you can find me on a multitude of platforms. Mostly uh, people seem to know me from writing on websites such as Slash Film and also my own website, Magic All Mode, which is also where you can find me on, on Twitter and Instagram, which is mostly where my main hookup is on social media because I love imagery. It's a magical thing. Your Instagram is adorable too by the way i love watching all i I like all your pictures they're very fun so follow follow on instagram thank you no i really try to curate my instagram to be a place where you can be your most authentic self and bright and colorful but like me i uh really love fangirling about things that not necessarily go with pastel colors but can be brought to life with pastels and magical qualities like I love Guillermo del Toro and lots of monsters and very (laughs) strange like macabre stuff but I at the same time love wearing pink and Hello Kitty and Disney so I'm just a interesting variety of things but (laughs) I like to showcase that on my Instagram for sure I love it. I love it. Um, now, guys, we we actually don't know each other. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, um, dun. And I think this makes you the first person on the podcast that I did not know, like in real life. I mean, this is not a bad thing. Just like a point to note that you are my first official guest guest, I guess. Because oh everybody gosh. else was like, yeah, everybody else has been like personal friends. And I'm like, hey, I need you to talk about blah, blah, blah with me. And they're like, all right. You know, and they come and do it. And you're the first one that... Uh, is on the fangirl without without me really knowing you. So I'm so excited to have you here and, and get to know and make new friends, right? That's that's what this was all about. This was the whole point of creating this podcast and, and hopefully this community and growing it. So I'm, I'm thrilled you're here. Oh, thank you so much. And I also want to say to the, the viewers at home that it was absolutely one of those things where I just felt this kismet with you, even just listening <laughs> to your podcast as a fangirl for life who's been nerded and out since she was a little kid. I absolutely felt this connection with you through Disney and so many other like nerdy things we share like Marvel and all this fun stuff that I can't wait to talk about that I just had to reach out to you. So I'm so happy I'm on the podcast and hopefully I'll be on more podcasts in the future. 
Yes, and she's actually she she wrote something also for the blog that's going to come out later on this week, guys. So pay attention. Ducky's going places with the fangirl. I love it. We're 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 creating this community, and that's you're just making me so happy because that's what I wanted. wanted Out of all of this, so like when you reached out and and we started talking by email, I was like, this is kind of cool. I I I have somebody I don't know. actually want to hang out with me. Yay. <laughs> no, like especially because like I feel like there's not a lot of people specifically talking about being a fangirl especially when being a fangirl as a woman mm-hmm. that we don't have enough of that being discussed in a positive light. So I really think you're doing something very important for the community, especially something somebody who's turning 30 next year. I definitely love having that camaraderie as women of being interested in things and not necessarily being judged about it as we're not necessarily teenagers anymore. And I think that's really, really cool. OMG, can you like write the show notes? Because that's exactly what I, that was exactly what I was going for and why this, how this all started was when you look at, you know, the fandoms that are out there, especially in the podcast community, they're very heavily male oriented. Mm-hmm. And that idea of being a fangirl in some ways was almost made a joke and, and was looked down. And I'm like, there's nothing, it is what I am. Like, that's, it's not a bad thing, you know, and that's, that's why I say liking what I like. It's not a bad thing, right? And so that was exactly what I was going for. So yay. yay. Like you have, you have validated me. And <laughs> uh, guys, now we're just going to wrap up the show and I'm going to go get happy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that was the show, guys. Glad you joined that, us. That, that, that was <laughs> a little delightful uh, surprise for me. So that was fun. That was fun. Okay. Um, and, and you know, speaking of entertainment and fangirling um, and even Instagram, like that's exactly how we ended up getting together for this episode. You saw the Insta story that I posted, uh, which guys, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I am not nearly as adorable as Ducky, but I am at No Guilt Life. So feel free to do that. You... You saw my Instagram story about going to see the Downton Abbey movie. Yes, yes. And I just had to reach out because like, I I thought it was such an interesting decision that uh, Focus Features did to release the movie early as if to say like, thank you to the fandom Mm -hmm. who pays attention to early screenings. And uh, I do have a fun story about my specific screening, but we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I want to hear it. (laughs) For sure. But I, I think it was a really brilliant idea of them. And so when I I found out that there were other people, specifically you, who also got to go to one of those early screenings. I just, I, I had to reach out and be able to talk <laughs> about it because I, you know, for me, Downton Abbey is something that you don't often find, at least like face to face, that many fans who are younger than, um, we'll put it this way, the PBS age. <laughs> right. Right. Well, that's why, you know, that's why I said um earlier because it was on PBS and I don't watch PBS. I mean, I'm I'm not nearly as young as you anymore. However, I am young at heart and I yes. don't feel I'm at that PBS age, right? And so I don't watch anything on PBS. I will admit that. Shame me all you guys want, but I don't watch it, you know. And um so yeah, I I ended up getting involved or getting into Downton very late, mostly because the movie was coming out. And the movie, I think the movie, the, the trailer trailers get me every time. All right, let's just, let's be honest. I get sucked into things by trailers. And the Downton trailer 
up on the big screen was so stunning and so beautiful and yes. so brilliant. I was like, I don't even know what this is about, but I'm going to go see the movie. And then talking to friends, they were like, uh, you kind of need to know what it's about, girl. So <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I, I, I literally am a two-week-old fangirl of Downton <gasps> Abbey. <laughs> Girl, girl, I am like clutching my crawly pearls. I can't I believe this. I know, I know. It's crazy, right? Um, it took me that long. It took the movie. It took me that long. So so anybody that's out there thinking, I don't know Downton Abbey. I don't watch Downton Abbey. Look, neither did I. Like literally two weeks ago, I sat down and said, I'm going to make this happen or at least try and see what happens. And quickly I was obsessed and absorbed and I think I went through the first two seasons in two days which wow. is like a, it's 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 literally an all-day affair so I sat for a season I sat all day watching both of these and my husband was like are you ever gonna get off the couch no sir <laughs> I am not uh, <laughs> um so so yeah that's that is that's kind of my little uh bit of history there for for anybody that doesn't know what Downton is about. Um, Downton Abbey, it's a it's a period piece that chronicles the lives of the British aristocratic Crawley family. It talks about them. It talks about their servants. This is all set in the earliest 20th century. What would you add to that description? Anything additional? So I would say Downton Abbey is one of those brilliant, like, kismet moments in television where so yeah, first of all, viewers, you will have to forgive me. I am a film student, so I use a lot of very big, very posh words when I describe <laughs> film and television, especially because uh, one of the things I didn't get to mention is that uh, as writing for Slash Film, I'm kind of a really big uh, cinephile, and I'm trying to become a full-time film critic that's like my dream so awesome. yeah yeah I'm getting there I'm getting there but I'm definitely trying to do that so I have a lot of useless or useful in this way knowledge about film and tv so forgive me if I sound a little bit you know uh very, I guess, pretentious to some people. So I apologize if I come off like that, but I will try my best not to. I love it. <laughs> Go for it. No, no, I, I need a little bit more of that uh, movification myself. So just give me that education. I'll just seep it off of your brain and learn from you. So uh, yeah, no, go for it. Tell me. Thank so what would you, what would you say about Downton Abbey? Oh, absolutely. So what I would describe Downton Abbey is, is that it's this wonderful moment in television where we are able to experience the things that my mom and my grandma watched, like the magic of miniseries or BBC series, such as like Upstairs, Downstairs, and the sort of like period dramas and such that were kind of more popular in the 70s and 80s on TV, but to have a more modern context than we ever did before. Because I tend to think that a lot of the time in pop culture, we seem to look at art like Downton Abbey and just assume that we have no connection to that time because we don't ourselves live in it. And therefore, we just assume by all default that all old things that came from that time, we will never be able to have some sort of deep emotional connection to. But mm -hmm. the irony of Downton Abbey is that there is so many things that are incredibly relevant to this time. And especially for female viewers, I think that is 
a hundred percent like the true deep mission of um the writer Jillian Fellows. That's what he was definitely going for with the series is taking this sort of uh, look at history that we normally would just completely like write off as something we would have no connection to. But deep down, we really do as a society still reflect the same things that we see in the past that we do now. And I absolutely love that aspect of the series, especially when in my opinion, what was so fascinating about the series is watching it at the time that it came out was very shortly after the recession. And the series has a very interesting point at which it is going very close to the time of the Great Depression. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I find that incredibly a, a very fascinating decision to mirror what is going on in our current time and also what is going on in the past. So, you know, if you're a history buff, which I sort of am, then I think you're definitely going to dig this show while also being uh, very connected to the characters and feeling that sort of reaction and being able to make memes out of the characters and vice versa. So that that's really I mean, a a lot of what you said is is exactly what ended up drawing me to it was, first of all, like season one, episode one, part of the big drama is the fact that um, one of the daughters cannot inherit because she's a daughter, right? Yeah. And there's all this discussion about that and how everything ends up getting played out and how it all works out and, and, and all of this. But at the same time, everybody wanted like wanted to figure out a way to get her the money. So it was never like that the family itself never felt like a woman or that Mary couldn't handle it or couldn't, shouldn't have, you know, access to it. It was just, that was the way the will was written up or the, I forgot what they call it, but anyway, it was all written that way and it was ironclad and blah, 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 you know, very stuffy British rules and whatnots. And it was just relatable that, that like, uh, that's what I loved about um, Lord Crawley is that um, he, he never, I don't know. He he respected that his girls were were wonderfully smart and capable women. You know where where it could have very much been different back in the day. So it had you know it has a little bit of contemporary to it too. And and I appreciated I appreciated all of that. So uh, so yeah, it's a it's it's a really great show. If you if you are into history, um, like like you mentioned. I'm kind of like you. I'm a low-key history nerd. I yes. really love, love, love history, but I'm not to that point where I obsess over things or I you know, wasn't a history major in college or anything like that. But I really enjoy anything that has a historical edge to it. And this definitely did, even though it was in England. But, you know, we still had some of that play and that factored in. And it was yeah. – it was it was it was fun to watch. It was just really interesting and and fun to watch. Um, how did you get into the series? Did you just start off from the beginning? Did somebody tell you about it? How did you start watching it? So I started watching Downton Abbey because I have a grandmother that and my mom as well who are huge fangirls for period dramas. Okay, and I had not necessarily found out about the sp- the series like through them but i had been aware of its existence because i already was into a lot of bbc or 
the sort of like period miniseries drama from the 80s that I had already mentioned that I love. Like, I love the Thorn Birds. Mm -hmm. I love, Mm -hmm. um, you know, those kind of like melodramatic, beautiful, fluffy costume sort of stories. And specifically because I'm just an addict for well-done romance, like Jane Austen sort of vibe, that I was drawn to the show immediately. It looked like the perfect visual aesthetic to like a comfy Christmas, like snowed in day kind of vibe to Mm -hmm, me. mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I was just wanting to watch it. So I did not start off with the series when it began initially, but I watched the first season, I feel like on Hulu or Netflix or whoever had it available first for streaming. I watched the first season just one day during the winter on Christmas. And then I was immediately sucked in and was like, oh my God, when's the next episode? When is it happening? I need to know about the Crawleys. I need to know about Matthew. There's all of these things I need to know about right now. So I had pretty much started pretty much at the start and was a fan from then on. And to the point where I had a friend who was able to get me the episodes when they came out in England and I didn't have to wait for them to air on PBS, which oh, was really score. cool. Yeah, yes. that's see, it's good to have friends, man, uh, <laughs> that understand <laughs> what the fangirls need. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I uh, like I said, I I totally had spaced out, and then I started watching it, and I actually thought I had an extra week because uh, the movie doesn't come out until Thursday. And right, which, right. You know, we're recording before the movie comes out, but the movie doesn't come out until Thursday. And I, so I thought I had a whole extra week. I had plenty of time. I watched those first two seasons like hardcore. And then uh, because this is who I am, I, uh, I love spoilers. I read spoilers. I, God bless the internet. I am so, <laughs> so happy that Al Gore did his thing back in the day because I can find what I need on there. So I needed to. <laughs> I needed to know because everybody kept saying, oh, just wait. Oh, just wait. And I'm like, okay, well, what do you mean by that? So, of course, I have to go and look because, that again, it's who I am. Um, and it doesn't – no, it does not ruin it for me. I enjoy it. I have never, ever felt disappointed that I knew something in advance. I, I'm not kidding. It's it's fine. Like, don't worry about me, guys. I know what I'm doing. But I would never do that to anybody else. But um, I knew that season three was going to be a tough one. Yes. And so I binged through um, season one and season two. And then by the time it was getting ready to start season three, I kind of put the brakes on. I pumped the brakes a little bit. And it took me a while to get through season three because I knew some stuff was happening. And um, after that, I was able to pick back up and, and roll on um, with the rest of it. And I got most of it watched. I did not. There was, a, I think it was season five where I had to do like the fast forward thing, watch a few, you know, watch a, a scene or two and then fast forward again to get through it because we did have this fan preview thing that came out a week in advance. Yes. I was like, I'm like, now I still have another week of doubt and you guys can't do this, but I wasn't going to miss it. I mean, again, I am that deep ender. When I find something I love, I go hard and I was not going to put off not seeing this. So I had to, I had to go see it. So I did go in uh, and saw the movie. Um, yes. last week, just like you, I think it was the same night. I think we were both there in the theater, like at the same time, which is kind of funny, but I'm pretty sure we were. Yeah. Now I want to know, like, if you were talking to me three weeks ago, <laughs> what would you have said to try to convince 
a fangirl to watch the show? What 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 would you hit on? What what are the things that stand out about this show that you think are important? Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Give your, your give your thirty second elevator pitch to somebody <laughs> on why they should watch Downton Abbey. So I would say my pitch is take the majestic whimsy of a Disney movie, put it together with the warm and comfort of wanting to have a pot of tea with some biscuits, and then also factor in the insane drama that you would feel on Game of Thrones minus the sex (laughs) and violence, and you have Downton Abbey. Bam. I love it. (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Because I think one of the things that a lot of people seem to have like an initial feeling about Downton Abbey is that, oh, it must be like such like a comfortable show and it must not really talk about dangerous things other than, Oh, what's, you know, Lady Mary going to wear to the big fancy ball. Oh girl. No, no, no. Right. Danton Abbey Abbey covers the hard hitting facts and does not shy away from showing the true grit and grime of some of the things that were going on in that era. Like there definitely is the glam, but there's also the grit. And I definitely think that's something that makes the show even a notch above some of the prior series that it's been inspired by. Oh, totally. I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. And, and for me, um, what I, what I would come back to whenever I think about how to explain why I love this show so much or why somebody needs to watch it. It is that these characters are all so fantastic and deep and Oh my god, yes. amazing and complicated and I mean, hello Thomas from start to finish. I was like, Thomas, you're I I hate you. I love you. I I don't know what I feel about you. Like <laughs> I everything about it was just so good. And um yeah, so for me it was it's like characters. If you are really into character driven stories, that's one thing also to think about is even though this is a period piece and of course we're gonna be, you know, set in a certain time frame and, and whatnot, these characters are what made it for me. And like I said, there was these like slips of contemporary issues that we were talking about, but couched in that time frame. So it was Ah, just so good. All of it was just really, really good. Yeah, okay. no, it is. It, it, that's absolutely one of the things that makes it absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, no, sorry. Did I interrupt you? I feel bad. I no, 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 no. You're totally fine. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. I was actually taking a breath. You're all good. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you, <laughs> perfect. Do, perfect. Do you have a, um, do you have a favorite character from the series? Since we're talking about characters, do you have a favorite character from the se- series? I absolutely, I actually have a little like collection trifecta of my favorite characters, but I will tell you that my initial favorite character and still is my boy is Bates. Mm -hmm. I am very much attracted to the, you know, have it be that I'm probably very much someone who relates and loves and is addicted to beauty and the beast type stories. Mm-hmm. Bates is a hundred percent my guy because he speaks to that sort of like, you know, dark hero who came out of some really awful, terrible experiences, but then ended up having a redemption arc for him and a better life that is just so 
wonderful and magical. And I just love his sense of optimism, even through the toughest of times, which him and Anna, who's also one of my favorite characters, they truly go through the roughest and roughest of times. Uh, I would also say my other favorite characters, of course, you cannot love Downton Abbey without loving the Dowager Dowager. herself. (laughs) Yes, Dame Maggie Smith is a absolute treasure of media. She should always be protected and guarded and loved. But I would also like to say, unlike a lot of people of my uh, age group and, you know, at all any younger than like, I'd say like adults that got to watch movies in the seventies that I grew up with Maggie Smith in a lot of media that I loved. And I'm so happy that this show gave Maggie Smith a, a venue to be fully appreciated for the incredible actress that she is. So, you know, especially cause I grew up lo- loving the film hook mm-hmm. and she plays uh, the older Wendy in that movie. I have always just absolutely treasured her and let's see who else is my favorite characters. Uh, oh, and of course my dream boat of dream boats R.I.P. Matthew. I love him to pieces. And I'm also one of the things that I'm a huge fangirl for is Dan Stevens. And I well, will happily talk about beauty, mm-hmm, beauty and the Beast connection. <laughs> I'm following. I'm following. I gotcha. <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, for the viewers at home, I am a huge Beauty and the Beast fan. And I'm also low-key trying to write a book about Beauty and the Beast adaptations and media adaptations related to them. Ooh, exciting. Thanks. Yeah, it's one of my nerdy projects I'm trying to get off the ground. But <laughs> yeah, I... Um, um, and I definitely feel like a lot of the actors or talent that later would be connected to adaptations of that I seem to have a very big draw to, not automatically, but somehow they end up being related to the things I love. So definitely Matthew slash Dan Stevens is someone I have a huge connection to. And I would say of the girls, Lady Sybil is my girl. So <laughs> I don't know what it is. I end up loving the two characters that died so early in the show. Uh, I'll tell you what. So, okay. So, hi, guys. Spoiler alert. Um, we're going to jump. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you're, you're okay because here's my thought on this. Look, we're going to get into spoiler territory. We're going to try to low-key it. We're not going to give you all the details as to what happens. However, this show's been running since 2010. So if you were a loser like me and didn't get on board (laughs) before now, uh, it's kind of your own fault. I love you, but it's kind of your own fault, okay? Um, This is some tough love. I'm just trying to to speak from from a place of of safety here. Um, We are going to talk a little bit about those things, uh, but you've had lots of time (laughs) to catch up. Uh, But I will also put it in the show notes. Hopefully, you'll read those before you click play. Just so FYI, there are some spoilers coming. But yeah, yeah. Dan Stevens, who plays Matthew, uh, he does pass away uh, during during the show. Uh, and Sybil also passed away during the show. And for me, Sybil's whole story, I was actually more enraptured in kind of carrying on and following her more than I was with the Matthew and uh, Mary drama. Like, I loved them, but I was really into Sybil. 
And so her passing gutted me. Like that was the hardest thing to watch. Um, and uh, it had hurt and it hurt for a long, I mean, I had, it was the tears. It was the whole nine yards. And by the time that we get around to, to following it up with Matthew passing away, I, I, I was sad, but I was not as crushed as I was with Sybil. So just uh, FYI, guys, there are some deaths that will get to you because there's some drama in this family. <laughs> yeah, no, there absolutely is a lot of drama in the family. And there's also a lot of behind the scenes drama around the show because mm-hmm. a lot a lot of those deaths be- happened because the actors decided they didn't want to be on the show anymore. And they said they were going to do their three years and that's all they wanted. And that that's was it. Mm-hmm, and that's why they left. So yes, that's exactly how this happened. But, and I think that might've also, see, this is also some of the benefit of getting on board to things late is that's all out on the internet now. So I knew that was the case. So I, I don't know. It just didn't upset me as much when, when Matthew died because I knew what he was doing. I knew he said, you get three years of me and then I'm out, you know? <laughs> so. yeah. yeah. Well, and I think, I think that allows for people that are new coming into the show to be emotionally prepared for what's going mm-hmm. to happen. Whereas me and a huge chunk of the audience that was watching it were just we were not prepared. We oh, were no. not ready. <laughs> uh, well, I, I mean, and how could you be? Once you start watching this show, Matthew in particular, like you can't fu- you can't find fault in this guy. He's a great guy. And so it, that I can understand how that would have been tragic <laughs> to uh, the fangirls out there when, when it happened. I totally get it. I totally get it. The thing for me is like Matthew is one of those characters that I think is so – interesting to watch because he starts off as this normal guy that just has no concept of what like lies ahead for him because of the tragic events that happened in the first episode. And he just ends up in this world and his whole life is completely altered just by this one simple moment in history. Mm -hmm. And I love those kind of fish out of water stories. And I think Dan Stevens, even before I knew anything about him after watching just this one performance of his, I think he captures that sort of naive innocence with a little bit of a, you know, perfect uh, anomaly of all the famous British heartthrobby type period drama characters so perfectly. He does it like absolutely to a T. Uh, it was, yeah, he was, he was just fantastic. I, I, I got on board with Matthew very quickly. So I, I understood where people were coming from. And the funny thing for me was I had no idea, you know, it was Dan Stevens. I didn't really, it didn't connect until my friend who uh, I also recorded a little bit of a Downton Abbey session with as well. So guys, you're going to get two Downton Abbey sessions this week <laughs> because we love it so much. Um, but Tanya did the same thing. She was like, but it's Dan Stevens. And I literally looked at her and was like, who? And she was like, I cannot <laughs> with you. Like, get out. She was, yeah, she, she also has a Beauty and the Beast tie in as well. Which is, it's just really funny. I, yeah, I should have ended up having you guys all together but um but her hers was a very impromptu uh recording we were in my car after the movie talking I was like oh hey I have the recorder let's just talk about this real quick and so uh I haven't even listened to it yet I don't even know if it's usable we'll find out (laughs) I hope it is because that would be such a cool like narrative thread for like me and her to have this very similar like I'm telling you all fangirls we all like run in the same you know orbit in some way shape or form and connect but uh uh, anyway now 
do you have kids or do you have, are you a parent? I am not a parent at all, but I have a lot of uh, younger people in my life that I adore to pieces. (laughs) Okay. So here's my thing. I, when I was going through my binge, because I was doing such a deep, huge, crazy binge, there was no way my family was not going to see me watching this, right? Mm -hmm. My (laughs) eight-year-old sat down and watched quite a bit of Downton Abbey with me. Now, that (laughs) confession, some people are like grasping their pearls and going, oh my gosh, I can't believe you let your eight-year-old watch Downton Abbey. But I think you'll agree with me. Yes, there were some very heavy um, scenes and very heavy storylines, but kind of in general, it's not it's not big on like blood, gore, violence, uh, language. Like, I mean, it, I was actually surprised she sat and watched it because I didn't think she'd be all that interested. Yeah. Um, you know, so from a, a parent movie review or a, you have younger people in your life that might be interested in watching this, do you kind of agree with me that it's one of those situations that, while it's not my first choice, I'm not going to say I sat her down and said, hi, let's watch Downton Abbey together. It's, it, you could do worse. Right? Yeah, I actually think that Downton Abbey is an absolutely perfectly fine show to show children who are like at least in that like seven to eight to nine year old range is a good starting off point because it's a really interesting way to look at history, mm-hmm. but also has again like that fairy tale quality that I think translates very well to different age groups and Especially as someone who was a kid that grew up a lot with, you know, like I said, like a lot of those kind of BBC miniseries and dealt with a lot of those very serious adult topics, but in a much more fantastical, glamorous, easy to digest way. I think it's actually like a really great thing for kids to watch. So bravo to you (laughs) being the mom of the year showing that because I think my mom would also have shown me the uh, Downton Abbey when if that was available to me as a child. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I've made worse choices. Let me just put it that way. I've made worse choices and she didn't watch some scenes and some, you know, so she missed a a bit, but um, I just felt like overall parents, if you decide to watch it, and that's actually a really uh, kind of a good point. If you have a kid that's interested in history, this might be some way to foster that love of learning in a wonderful show. I mean, it's, it really, it was, it was fantastic. And I have nothing but good things to say about the entire series. And I was, I'm so glad I finally got on board. I mean, it took me long enough, but I'm so glad. I'm so glad you got on board too. Like, especially because like now, like, you know, and you could also do this with your young one that you guys might be able to foster new interests based on liking Downton Abbey, like getting into other BBC series or being able to go to like, I was very lucky because I'm a New Yorker that I was able to go see the Downton Abbey exhibit that was here in the city for a very long time a few months ago. Oh, I'm sorry, like a year ago, actually. Oh, time goes by so fast. And uh, they uh, they recreated the entire Downton Abbey house inside of this building. Oh, and you awesome. Could see, you could see all of the costumes and props, and they set it up like you were in the kitchen with Mrs. Patmore, and it was just absolutely wonderful. So I, I hope that this can foster people to have more interest that branch off from Downton Abbey, like for you and your little girl or like, you know, for, uh, 
me taking my friends who weren't necessarily interested in history and taking them to museums to see things that are related to the show. Like, I think it's actually one of those pieces of media that's really important to kind of expanding your your view and your palette, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, well, okay, cool. I'm, I'm glad to hear, like, that it's not this terrible parenting choice that I made. Um, I, she, oh, no. <laughs> she, she's, she's very, uh, she's very mature about stuff like that. And like I said, I was surprised she actually, uh, for her age that she was interested in as long as she was, but I definitely see how it could be something that we can talk a little bit more about. And she, cause she's had more questions since we stopped watching it. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a very good point that it might actually be a way to get people to expand themselves a bit and expand their minds and, and their interests. And Hey, you know what? I think that's something that the Dowager Countess would approve on and, you know, she's never wrong. So yeah. <laughs> now uh, let's real quickly talk about the movie in general. I saw it. I felt like it was such a beautiful and wonderful um, in some ways fan service film in the sense that I'm glad I went and watched all those shows in advance because I understood exactly what this movie meant to the fans. Right. And, and, and how those jokes and those zingers and those one-liners or those looks or the, you know, just the moments. There was so many of them that I really felt was a little bit of a fan service and I love fan service. So I, I, I support that. That's not a negative thing for me at all. However, I also think that if you're not super familiar with the show, if you've never seen it before, first of all, I have a blog post for you that will, it's 10, 10 minutes of your time. For 10 minutes, you could watch a video and it'll catch you up completely. <laughs> um, so if you need to go in kind of cold turkey and you want to see Downton Abbey the movie, I've got that. And I'll put that as a link in here for you guys to check out. But I think that even if you don't know a lot about it, you're still going to enjoy it because it's beautiful and it was funny and it was entertaining and it, there was some intrigue and it was it was a good movie i i gave it two thumbs up i, I enjoyed it what what about you what were your thoughts when you uh came out of it as a fan i definitely agree that i think it was an absolutely wonderful love letter to the fans of the show that it had every single little aspect of things that we were looking for in a continuation of the series in movie form, but also had that beautiful like cinematic touch that was just wonderful to see. And it gave me and my friend and my mom, we all saw it together, these wonderful bonding moments of just remembering the things from the show, but being able to enjoy them with a large group of people who love the show just as much as us. And if this movie does anything, I hope it makes that sort of bonding experience for people while also like giving moments of what do I want to say giving moments of reflection on the things that maybe could have been dealt with better at the end of the series but this movie sort of fixes mm -hmm. which I actually really appreciate a lot especially when it comes to Tom yeah he gets so much redemption which made me feel so awesome so yeah 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 I I really I really was pleasantly surprised with how much Julian Fellows was able to do with all these characters in two hours while also making it a big giant hug 
from him to the fandom of this show. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, I I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was I thought it was beautiful and wonderful, and I was so glad that I got. I got into it enough to really have that feeling coming out of it. It was very satisfying and and fun and interesting. And when I came home, my husband was like, so what did you think? Was it great? And I said, well, it was like a really long episode of Downton Abbey. And, <laughs> and, and, that's, and I feel like that's a total win. That's a positive. That's nothing negative at all. That's what we want, right? As fans – we didn't want them to mess with it too much. It was a and, and and the stories that they chose to tell. And like you said, when they focused on Tom, I loved I loved what happened with Tom. I don't want to spoil anything for anybody because I want you to go see the movie, guys. Yes, but um, I, I love what what they did with Tom. I I really loved what happened with Thomas at the end. Um, I was I was happy with the way everything kind of worked out. So I, I would also like to say that this is not fully a spoiler by any means, but I just want to tell you that seeing a certain character get to have their moment playing Columbo was magical and amazing. <laughs> because, uh, not to say that I ever envisioned this certain character being borderline a detective of sorts, but I never knew I wanted that, and now I want a spinoff series of them being a detective. <laughs> totally down with this idea. Totally down with that. <laughs> I was living for that moment, and also so many good one-liners. So many good one-liners. Well, and again, I mean, in, in our theater, and I'm sure it was the same way in your theater, anytime... Maggie Smith would open her mouth. <laughs> you know, it's pure gold coming yes. out of it. And we were all like belly laughing. I mean, she just, she's just so brilliant, guys. And she has earned every single award she's ever gotten. I think she's gotten like, I don't know, three or four Emmys for this for this um, character. Yes. And she's great. She's great. So definitely, uh, definitely, definitely love her. Can't say enough. Well, I have more to say about Downton. And like I said, I have that other recording. I, I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to go edit it. Hopefully it works out that we can play both of these. So I'm going to end up getting two shows out of Downton Abbey out of all of this because, guys, it's a really long series. Um, <laughs> plus a movie. Like there was a lot to talk about. And I feel like we've only scratched the surface. But I hope it's enough that if you haven't seen the show, you will go ahead and hop on Amazon Prime. You can watch it. So all of you Prime holders, it's free. Go watch it. Uh, I have the links in my blog post for you to catch up and get the recap, that Downton Abbey recap that you need in your life. It's only 10 minutes. Trust me, though. It's told perfectly, and and you want you want to check this out. I, I guess you know we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up now. As always, please leave those iTunes reviews, leave those five stars. It helps other fangirls find us, and it makes my nerdy heart happy as well. And Ducky, I've had so much fun with you. We will definitely have to have you come back because. I'm sure we have so much more that we could talk about. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We got to cover that Disney, that Marvel, you all know that it. stuff. You yes. know it. You know it. All right. Well, mark your calendar because I'll I'll definitely figure out something for our next discussion or hit me up at any time that you have something you want to talk about because that's it's kind of the way I work. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for fangirling with us on the No Guilt Fangirls podcast. See you again real soon. And thanks, Ducky. Thank you.